Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Off the Hook, bearing on OffTheHookSports.com. Your home for real news, real opinions, and what really matters about Tennessee athletics. The Off the Hook podcast at OffTheHookSports.com or Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or wherever you go for your favorite podcasts. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, iHeart. Like, share, follow, subscribe. Off the Hook with Dave Hooker starts now. He is Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker. Before you do anything else, stop and click that subscribe button or like us as well. We certainly appreciate that so we can bring you more of the content that uh, you want to hear with uh, Tennessee and the SEC. So coming up, we will have a breakdown of uh, Tennessee's defense brought to you by Craft Treats. Go to Craft Treats for your pet with the minor cannabinoids, CBD. They're able to calm your pet, be it storm anxiety, be it car ride anxiety, whatever the case may be. Great for my pet. Uh, They can take care of your pet as well. Craft treats and chris landry joins us now go to landryfootball.com for the absolute best information that you're going to find on football at the college nfl level also recruiting he does a great job so chris football season is here want to talk some uh talk some balls of course but it's it's good to have football season here it is it's uh why once we get into that uh, august which is, is upon us uh it's ready to go. Practices taking place. All NFL teams in training camps, and soon, pretty much all the colleges are going to be uh, starting their uh, pre-season practices. All right, let's talk Tennessee. So, a defensive uh, breakdown. That's what we want to get to. Brought to you by Craft Treats. By the way, if you go to our YouTube channel, you can find an offensive breakdown. You can also find Chris's thoughts on the incoming balls. But a defensive breakdown. First, I know you really love Jeremy Banks, um, so let's kind of start with them. And then I want to talk about the guys that have to step up. But 
other than Banks, what are some of the highlights on this defense, Byron Young and others that, that you might like right now? Well, let's take a step back to last year. If you kind of take a look at, and I looked at my film grade notes, and obviously it's a it's a good this time of year a refresher of what was and what, what needs to be. They allowed uh, uh, 500 yards plus um, in five of the last 10 games and uh, 395 or more nine times all year long. So there's there's some experience on the team. There's some good parts, but it while there was some good, um, you know, basically it wasn't good enough to be at the level that they want to be. Now, is it good enough? It's kind of like a seesaw. Is it good enough to play with this offense along the offense to do the heavy lifting? So um, the one thing that we've talked about that they did very well is get into the backfield consistently. They did a really good job with that. They were top 10 in the nation in tackles for loss. And, you know, a lot to do with Byron Young and Jeremy Banks coming up with a lot of tackles for losses. So, to me, I'd like to take it up front and take them defensively. I think that there are a number of guys, but I think Amari Thomas um, and Latrell Bumpus are key guys. They have to step up. They have to become big-time players that can clog the middle to allow these guys to be aggressive, to continue to make plays, but not be gashed up the middle. So, uh, I'm not concerned about Young and Banks. They got help. They're good players. They're proven. They got to play well. They got to play hard. But um, I think those guys, and I think Aaron Beasley, um, you know, in their four-two-five alignment, there's, I think, building a little bit more depth. And I'm curious to see how those three guys, in particular, on on the defensive front. Um, I think in the secondary, you've got uh, Flowers. The old Jackson is going to be missed. Uh, he broke up a lot of plas- uh, passes. So um, I think Jalen McCullough uh, was was a big was a big um, uh, factor for them in terms of making plays on the ball. So I think it's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. But those guys kind of jump out at me uh, on the defensive front. I think other guys to me that um, you know you know Flowers. You know I mentioned Thomas. Um, you know, Barron, uh, I think, uh, Burrell at corner, I mentioned McCullough. Those are the guys that, uh, I think, uh, Walker, uh, is in Beasley. I think those are the guys that need to step up. We need to hear their names more. They need to become more prominent to supplement the guys that we do talk about a lot that have earned that right. I think those guys need to become, you know, more notable by their consistency of play. It's, it's hard for me, and I think hard for a lot of people, to determine how tempo affects this defense or is are they fatigued at times or is the defense just not very, very talented? How do you juxtaposition those two in your mind? Well, it's a bit of both. There's not a great deal of talent. There's not as much of a focus on the defense. I mean, the defensive coaches – that's they eat, sleep, and drink, and they live and die with it. But this this program, at this point anyway, and this is what Josh has been, it's his DNA, is built around the offense. This program is built about how the offense dictates the flow. So you're going to have to take the lead if you're the defensive players and defensive coaches that, look, the offense is the big brother. 
and you're the little brother and you have to support them. You have to help them. You kind of have to do, you know, extra things. You know, the big brother gives extra choice to the little guy. You know how that is. That's what it is because defensively they have a much tougher job because offensively people say, well, I have a tougher job. I, you know, our team, and we're going to talk offense, you know, uh, at some point too, about break that down, but yeah, they score a lot of points. So in one way, defensively, if you can hold an opponent to 30 points, you probably got a pretty good chance to win the game with our offense, but it's not easy to do that when you are on the field for as many snaps as you are and you're on the field in quicker intervals from when you left, meaning you don't have as much adjustment time, your offense is running at a faster pace, and we're going to get into what we talk about all the time, a little bit more complimentary ball. Not saying they should look like, you know, Stanford look like or, you know, the old Alabama way. No, no, no. That's never going to be the case. But I think – I think – what Josh wants to do is become a little bit more balanced while his offense will look the same. And I'll save this for our offensive breakdown, what they've got to do to make the offense as good as explosive, but to help the defense out. And that is the key. So I, you know, I, yeah, they've recruited better on defense, but yeah, the initial thing, oh, get better players on defense. Um, Again, we saw that at Oklahoma for years, you know, getting guys. If you are a uh, – we've seen that at Alabama. This is supposed to be a really good Alabama defense. But ever since they've become fast-paced offensively, they're not as good defensively. You know, they, and they were like right. the elite program defensively. Well, that's not the strength of Alabama's team now. It's the offense. Maybe this year to be a little different. We'll see. But why is that? Why is it that Alabama can get anybody, anytime, anywhere? Why is it that their defense is not as good? Well, the fans will tell you, well, Jeremy Pruitt's not there anymore. Like, you know, that knucklehead had anything to really to do with it. It had to do with the style of play. When Kirby and Pruitt were coaching the defense, the team was built around the defense and the running game. Now, I mean, if you look at it now, it's a lot more difficult. So Pete Golding's job, he does a really good job, but he's having to play more snaps on defense. He's having to do more things. So he's a good coach, but people don't think he's as good a coach because the numbers are not as good. The numbers are not as good because of the style of play of the offense. Now, Tennessee goes to the extreme. Alabama doesn't go to the extreme, which is why their defense can still step up at times. I think for Tennessee to be really good defensively, they're going to have to stop the run. Getting good big plays and tackles for losses are great because it forces the opposing team to give the ball back to your offense. But I think defensively what they have to do is do a better job of getting more consistent pressure in the pass game and be able to take the ball away. I mean, if you can't stop people, then you're going to have to take the ball away as opposed to just flat out stopping. Going back to Alabama, so I just want to make sure that I think this is what you're saying. I want to make sure it's conveyed to make sure that I understand. So you're saying the defensive talent is the same basically that it was. They're just put in a different position because of the approach philosophically, right? 
for the most part, it's the same. Now, if I go okay. on per player for player, personnel right. for personnel, if you look at, they still got some really good players on the defensive side that are getting drafted. But it's not quite as good as it was in their heyday. Why? Well, because they're not focusing as much on the defense. They got good players. Will Anderson may be the best player in the country. He may be better than his teammate at quarterback who won the Heisman last year. I mean, that, that's, that may be the two best players in the country. I, you know, you can throw it in the mix and say, have at it, and there's some other guys. But there's some really good players. But, yes, it's not that the talent level on defense is not good. If they played a different style – their defensive numbers would look a lot better. It, it probably would cause their offense some trouble, though, because they may not score as many points, and so the defense may play really good, but in order to win games, you got to hold teams to 17 points and because you can't score more than that. So it's a bit of a balance, but you got to get that right balance. I mean, Georgia – is trying to get their offense to where they can be more explosive because their defense is the most dominant. Well, their offense made enough big plays to supplement that elite defense last year, and they won a national championship. But it defense wasn't elite against an Alabama offense in the SEC championship, and you know that kind of caused them a problem in that game. So it is balanced. You have to be good at both, and you may have a strength on one side of the ball, but you're – other side of the ball better not be a weakness or you're going to get exposed. It may not be as strong as the other side. So in Tennessee's case, their defense under Josh will never be as good as the offense. Never, ever, ever, ever. But it can get better, and it could complement it a lot more. And I think the rules favor the offense now, which is why more teams are doing that. Right. I don't think we're going to see uh, somebody harken back to – the Nebraska days of uh, the run and the uh, option and that sort of thing. So it, it the game's changed. I mean, offensively, you can do more things in the passing game. I tell you what, you can do more things with your pet if they're chill and they can do that with craft treats. Craft treats has those CBD cannabinoids that will also help your pet in addition to the anxiety. Uh, the arthritis may have my dog's getting a little bit older, has a little bit of trouble jumping on the bed. So he absolutely loves craft treats. So they will take care of your pet and they bring you Chalk Talk with Chris Landry. I'm Dave Hooker, production of Off the Hook Sports. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. 
Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, the values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See why CNBC ranks Minnesota number four best state to live and work. A great place to work, an even better place to live. ExploreMinnesota.com slash live.